You're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. Thanks for joining us, Taylor. Thanks for having me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, for for those of you just listening to our podcast, this is actually the, I guess, Pre-record. uh, pre-recorded episode that we're doing as part of the CFRC funding drive this week. So if you listen on CFRC, you've been hearing me talk for the past half hour and I was reviewing a movie and live. talking about things live and it was a special long episode, but Taylor and I recorded pre-recorded some stuff for our podcast so if you're just listening to the podcast you're still going to get great content but you've missed a half hour of me talking by myself about a movie that's fun but that will be archived on CFRC. Oh yeah, people can still go. You can go yeah. on the CFRC website and if get you're it. Dying. To yeah, get yeah. The half and you know what? Bonus. You know what? Maybe we'll throw the half episode, half hour bonus out on the podcast too. It's just like here's the bonus people thing. People seem to like the bonus content. They do. They do. So maybe we'll do that. So actually, forget everything I said and welcome. You're, <laughs> to hearing, you're hearing all of it. You're gonna hear everything because <laughs> we're gonna throw all of it up there. Um, but uh, we this is CFRC's funding drive during yes. the week, so I do want to give a quick shout out. Um, again, for those of you who listen on our podcast and don't know, CFRC is the station where we actually record and house all our podcasting for Screening in Kingston. So it's the Queen's University's uh, campus radio station. It's actually the second oldest campus community radio station in all of Canada. And I think one of the oldest stations in Canada. Yeah. Period. Like I, there the was, longest running continually. There was like one or two. Like I know there's one in Montreal that started a few years yeah. earlier. And then I think there was one more. But that's about it, like in terms of radio. And it's been around since 1922. So it's been around a very long time. Great history. We love being a part of it. And if you are in Kingston and can make a donation this week, every little bit helps. Just go to cfrc.ca. Or you'll if find you're all not the info. in Kingston, if you're one of our donate American anyway. fans. Yeah, and just donate and say, hey, well, this is because of screening in Kingston. Yeah, that's how we get we all like of them. the fantastic broadcasting Yeah, from listeners like you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, sounds, it feels very PB, like, was PBS. PBS. They I mean, it, that? it's a funding yeah. drive. It <laughs> yeah, is it is. PBS. It is very much. Um, and uh, yeah, CFRC is a not-for-profit. Um, they have a lot of great podcasts um, and and shows that are part of the network where just we just happen to be one of them. Yeah. So definitely go to cfrc.ca, make a donation, make sure you mention that you love screening in Kingston. Um, we will be talking about it on CFRC all week, but for our podcast listeners, there's the little shout out. Yeah. Um, this is the funny drive. We, we're going to kick things off with fan questions, and then Taylor has a movie review. Um, I, I did my movie review live as part yes. of the funny drive. So for those of you looking to see what movie I reviewed, check out the bonus content coming out um, later this week. Just because this podcast com- you know, comes out here on Tuesday, we probably won't get the archive stuff till later so it might be Wednesday when the other thing comes out so consider just, it bonus yeah cons- the bonus material might come out a day or two later um, but Taylor's still going to review a movie uh, Hustlers yes I have a lot very, to say about it I'm fascinated to hear what you have to say about this movie just, just as a spoiler it was it was a good experience but not not even remotely what I thought it would be like really going in okay quick question we're diving in this right now anywhere close to Showgirls no. No, really? No. Because that's the comparison I've I've heard several times. Me, I was like, I don't know if that's... Similar to uh, Magic, the first Magic The first Mike Magic movie, Mike where, movie? Like, okay. You walk in thinking it's going to be kind of like um, 
not like feel good, but kind of like escapism. Yeah. And then it turned out that it almost—I can't remember what serious. happens in Mad Mike, but it, it's in Magic Mike. It's it's a very serious story. Yeah. It's, it gets dark very fast. And that is yeah. the same with this one. Wow. Okay. And again, full disclaimer: I thought, you know, I had a tough week at work. I'm gonna go in for a movie that's like a little more lighthearted, like a little more fun. <laughs> yeah. Went with my girlfriend Aparashta. Have a good time. Yep. Had a good time, but definitely not. Not, not what you were thinking. <laughs> I might as well have seen Parasite, which was what I was going to see. But we'll talk about that. Okay, we'll talk we about that. Um, we have some fan questions. Um, we've got one headline to talk about. Um, we're going to do our best to stay away from the Joker uh, this week. Although Tyler's send-off does mention it. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Also good for him, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much going to be uh, this week's episode. Again, um, it is CFRC's funding drive, so make sure you go to CFRC.ca and check out all the info on that. Um, and look out for some bonus content maybe from us this week. I'm actually doing some extra live on-air stuff Ooh. during the week. Now, it's not necessarily part of screening in Kingston, but hey, if I talk about movies, I might throw it up on our podcast. So cool. might be some extra stuff. We'll see. So let's get to fan questions. i um, just going to quickly adjust myself because my eyes are terrible. That's what everyone hears. Uh Okay, so Tyler uh, has things to say about three films that we've recently talked about. Only Lovers Left Alive. He says, A meaningfully meandering story about two vampires who reveal both the beauty and the ennui of living forever. Who would have thought that Loki and the White Queen of Narnia would make such a cute couple? Well, you know what? (laughs) Tilda Swinton... I I feel like she could have chemistry with a paper bag. Yes. But yeah, Loki, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of I I think Tom, Tom Hiddleston's Hiddleston. a decent actor. I mean, I've seen him in like only a handful of things, but he seems to be pretty good in everything I've seen him in. But I think that point is good though. Is like you you take these two actors and you're like throw them together and and they it just are pretty works. different. Right? Yeah, yeah. A girl walks home alone at night. He says, is a stylistically striking tale of a woman sucking the poison out of an Iranian town one scumbag at a time. It's an amazing film of dissident styles, managing to be scary at times, tender at others, and always thought-provoking. True. Um, Tyler gives much better reviews than we do. Well, he's, (laughs) you know, he's... He's, he's got time. He's to got write. time, and it's very. He's very thoughtfully putting these sentences together. I enjoy Whereas it. Whereas we just ramble. <laughs> uh, Ad Astra, a brilliantly immersive space odyssey that proves once and for all that Brad Pitt can act more with the muscles under his eyes than most can with their entire body. True. Very true. Very, and and it, he's you know Tyler has a good point. Ad Astra is very immersive and very, like, one-on-one with Brad Pitt. And like he does a, a great job. What we would used to call a chamber drama. Yes, or a, or a uh, bottle episode for people yeah. who enjoy television. Um, what do these films have in common? They are all amazing, and they were all recommended to me by Screening in Kingston. <laughs> Thanks for a great October of movie watching. Sincerely, Tyler still hasn't seen the Joker fans. Um, so, okay, I want to talk about the fact that he hasn't seen the Joker. I would have thought, like, if I, from what I know about Tyler and what he writes in and all the rest, I would have thought, yes, he would have seen it. But he's busy. He's a newlywed and moving into a new city. Good for him, though, for staying away from it with all the, like, hype, too. Just being like, I don't have time and I actually don't have time. Not like. Yeah, I'll go see Ad Astra instead. Yeah. Which was the better. Yeah, which is the better film. Yeah. I, what I will say for you, Tyler, is don't rush to see the Joker. 
wait till it comes out on yeah, a streaming it, platform. It honestly is a movie you could just stream. Like, there's no reason to run to the theater to this, especially because it, it has no meaning to it um, as a film. And apparently, now they're talking about a Joker too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would, I would love to see Joaquin Phoenix again as the Joker, but like really hoping in the hands of someone else. Well, yeah, it would have to be a new director, and it couldn't be in the same style because. It just there's nowhere to go with it, and it didn't really work, and it was kind so, of just what it was. Fingers, fingers, fingers crossed. Taylor's Christmas wish. We'll see uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in the 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 new Batman trilogy. Yes, the, is that uh, it's? I mean, it's owned by the same. It is, yeah. It's so like Warner Brothers, DC. They can do that, right? They should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it, but they don't always do it. Yeah. Um, but thank you, Tyler, for writing in, and thanks for checking out some of the movies we recommended. I mean, I'm glad you had – hopefully you had a good spooky October. Um, we were joking off air that sometimes Tyler doesn't agree with us, but this time he was saying, you're right. Yeah, three times <laughs> so in a row. You. Three thank times you. in a row. Sometimes we're not always right, but sometimes we are. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm glad – Yeah, I will take any time that Tyler says, you're right, I'll take it. Yeah. And her smell is a garbage movie. All right. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Stephanie writes in, I was recently pleasantly surprised by Happy Death Day 2, a sequel to a small horror movie that came out just a few years ago. I find horror sequels can be pretty bad. Do either of you have a thought on a horror sequel that surprised you and one that disappointed you? You actually mentioned Happy Death Day when we were talking about our... I've seen the was, first one. Yeah, the first one was your Halloween, one of your Halloween wrecks, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I actually still haven't seen the second one, even though it's on Crave, and I should. I There's a lot of things that are sitting on my Netflix, sitting on my Crave, that I keep... Your two-watch your two yeah, list? Yeah, and guess yeah. what I keep doing? Going to Fuller House. Fuller House, <laughs> The Office, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother, and True Blood. Which I got into in October. I just decided to. It's I, a good one. I True never watched one. all of True Blood. Oh, okay, I so did. there was some stuff I did, like just was. So out you're for. watching it from the beginning. I went from the beginning and I said I'm going to go through the whole thing. I think I'm at season four or five that's or something. Probably the last seasons aren't very good. But yeah, that's what the I. First that's again, that's what I heard. Were very yes, good television. Yes, um, and I'm still kind of enjoying it at this point. But again, I have all this new stuff. I just haven't. I just won't click on it. I just keep oh, going yeah. back to the well of, of things I've already watched. Dan and I are still working through King of the Hill, yeah. and now we've started Arrested Development again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason. No. Um, yeah, I really – so I, I'm glad that Stephanie was was pleasantly surprised by Happy Death Day too, because it is something I, I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so are there any horror sequels that really surprised you that you went in thinking, oh, this is not going to be good? One of my recommendations for the Halloween episode was um, uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, mm. where, you know, I think my friends and I just, like, want to go to a movie one night. It was, like, the only thing playing. We had no expectations. We couldn't even really rec- recall the plot line of the first Strangers movie. And so uh, we went, and it was a really good mm. kind of slasher thriller we really enjoyed it it was on my halloween reckless i'm pretty sure like one of my throwaways like oh i think when tyler asked if i had a slasher flick that i would recommend the strangers pray at night right sequel um so that one i was pleasantly surprised but i had absolutely no expectations sure. right yeah um this halloween even though it's it's a horror spoof we watched scary movie one and yeah. then scary movie two scary movie two is better than scary movie one i i agree and i have a i have a 
nostalgia with Scary Movie 3, which oh, is why yeah. I really like because I just saw it in high school mm-hmm. and it just reminds me of it. But I, I actually really enjoyed Scary Movie 2. Like, I thought yeah. it was very fun and better than the first one and not really. But it, I mean, it kind of counts, right? I mean, it's part of the horror thing. It used to come out around Genre. the same time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I agree a lot of horror sequels are not good. Like, I was very disappointed when I saw the second Saw movie yeah. after really loving the first one. Um, it's a hit or miss I yeah find. yeah it's sometimes they just i think sometimes and i think i've mentioned this before i think sometimes filmmakers and producers grab on to things in movies they think people liked and then mm-hmm. really emphasize it like with saw it was the gore yeah. they grabbed on the gore and said well this is what people really like about it i'm sure that's what some people went for but that's not why i liked saw the i like the story yes even games. the acting's not that good. I just like the psycholo- I like the script and I like the psychological thriller yeah. part of it and the sort of two people wake up in a location and don't know anything about each other and have to slowly discover things. Mm-hmm. That's interesting the to mystery. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of anything else recently that I saw. I mean, I, I think, again, we people know our feelings on it too. I think we were both pretty torn and on the negative side after liking the first it movie oh yeah we have to be one that disappointed us definitely disappointed by the a of it too but another one that didn't didn't necessarily surprise me but is um proof of how sometimes sequels can be better the third annabelle movie that i saw earlier this fall um best one out of all the annabelle oh right yeah right right so that was one where it wasn't like it was like a pleasant surprise that it was so good yeah one that disappointed me, it chapter two for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like with horror movies because I kind of expect the sequel to not be good. I'm never like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, that, that yeah. was just about what I expected. You've been, it's it's sort of ingrained in you that the yeah. sequel's not going to be as good. But I think it too is the biggest disappointment because like the tonal shift was too much to handle. Actually, come to think of it, like this year, a lot of our anticipated movies have been very disappointing. Like the just Joker, thinking about the Joker, it Once too. Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, it too. Like we all, we you and I talked about for months how we were these were anticipated yeah. films, and then Hollywood has failed us. Yes, yeah. Well, okay, we got to the <laughs> next question to from Lily. Lily. Um, oh yes, this one. Okay, this is actually a good segue. If you had to pick early Oscar favorites based on just what you've seen this year. What would you nom? What would your nominations be for Best Picture and the Major Acting Awards? Sorry if this is hard, but I wanted to put you both on the spot. Lily, that's not very nice. I don't have an answer yet. I'm not. I'm never. I mean, I was pretty much in the bottom of our Oscar pool last year, which is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna refrain from um, making any sort of guesses. Also, I personally don't think I've seen an Oscar contender i don't yet. think any of the best picture movies have come out yet i don't think they they're out yet i think the best picture nominations are coming out in the next couple of months like That's parasite is gonna have oscar buzz for best foreign film probably best original screenplay i think 1917 which is a, a war film um it's really good is going to get a lot of buzz sam mendez is the director of that one i know that's gonna for sure get Oscar buzz. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would probably get Best Original Screenplay because they always do that for Tarantino. And I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be bothered if Brad Pitt got nominated for something, either Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Ad Astra, Astra, because I think... And I think it might be one of these he's done two things and they just pick the one that he thinks he has the best chance um, at, because I do think Brad Pitt has, has so far 
given me the best performance um, of the movies I've seen. But I do think in terms of, I think the Oscar movies are just going to start coming out now. Like I think now yeah. you're going to start seeing from November, December, and and especially in Canada into January, yeah. you, you start seeing the those Oscar ones. and the big ones. So I think that um, for Lily, chances are we'll have a better framework for it closer mm-hmm. to December. I'm biased. I, w- I always want Leonardo DiCaprio to be nominated. I think he gave a stellar performance. I wouldn't have, upon a, time I wouldn't have a problem if they were both nominated. Yeah. One for, for actor, best actor and one for supporting. Like I would. I think Brad would know, get supporting. Yeah. Um, throw them in there like I wouldn't be and, and to me that's the way you 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 know quote unquote honor that film is yeah. just you throw those two acting awards because those were you know that to me was the highlight but yeah I'm gonna I, for me it's gonna be uh, to be determined to be determined yeah I think I, I kind of agree especially I think. considering we literally just said that Hollywood has failed us yeah there hasn't <laughs> been a lot of great there hasn't been a lot of great films well um, King Phoenix may get a, a, a maybe, maybe we'll get I think the Joker is probably going to appear at the Oscars because it's been so controversial. Yeah, and and I would I could see Joaquin Phoenix being nominated. Um, probably not winning, but probably not winning. But again, it all depends upon the who's out there because the like I I haven't heard a lot of front runners for for acting roles, but there's that movie, um, was it Ford? V Ferrari or something with um, Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Yeah, that's coming out like next month. I yeah, think. so that's a movie that that they're talking about acting awards for the two of them, like potential nominations. And well, then Christian Bale always yeah does a always gets one. And then um, uh, what's his name? Tom Hanks is playing uh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. So that will probably get a nomination. So it all depends upon who's it's out there. It's kind of too soon. Yeah. Again, like we just probably named five that are potential best actors, and we don't know what the other movies that are going to pop out are going to be. I do hope, even though my review of The Lighthouse was kind of, you know, at the end of the day, it was a stream it. I do hope that The Lighthouse gets nominated for Best Cinematography. Yeah. Um, And in fact, just a shout out, it is coming to the screening room, I believe next week. Great. Or what would be kind of this week. I always get my. The weeks fix up. Yeah, this coming week. This it was coming so, week will be um, the lighthouse. lighthouse. And, you know, I said stream it, but it's just worth checking out for that cinematography, let me tell you. But, yeah. And then you know, maybe Rob Pattison and uh, William, Defoe. William Defoe will get it. Yeah. And I think this is now, now we start getting into where, the, especially the screening room, but really all theaters are going to slowly get these Oscar nods. So, yeah, I would say the lighthouse it is like one of the first movies that is probably going to get a lot of Oscar, at least attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure the Joker will get some. I'm sure Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will get some. But I think in the award categories uh, that we're thinking of, of like maybe random things here and there, I just, I don't know. It would be a real left or right turn or whatever. It'd be a real shift for Hollywood to nominate Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. That would be like a real shift from what has been the way they've nominated for Oscars. Like I can see the Golden Globes for sure uh, because they're a little bit more like that, but I just, I don't You know how think... they play the game better. Another movie that I think that's coming out um, fairly soon is the Harriet Tubman Oh, yes, pair. yes, yeah. I can see that yep. getting nominated yep. for a ton. In yep. fact, I saw the commercial for it when I saw... I saw the trailer for it when I saw The Lighthouse. It had me tearing up. Like, it's going to be, like, yeah, quite the emotional... Yeah. Um, and, you know... The, the Academy loves a good um, historical oh, biopic. absolutely. And because it's about 
the Underground Railroad, which yeah. is a very important story to Absolutely. tell. But it like you know it, it hits, hits all, all the, their, boxes. their boxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that will for sure be yeah. up there. Yes. And I mean, there's no uh, any any more music biopics coming out because I mean they love those. <laughs> well, we're finishing. There's Judy that's in theaters now. So God only. Oh, knows. and Rocket Man is technically this year, but it was really early. See, people, this is, I, I said this was going to happen. People were, even we forgot. People are going to forget it about Rocket like Man. last year. I but it wasn't, it, it was this with, year. And I loved Rocket Man. Yeah. Definitely we'll get some like sound mixing. Yes. Um, but I think Taron Edgerton won't get nominated even though he deserves it. Yeah, he probably deserves it. It's too far away now. Yeah. But he, he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely he deserves it. Maybe best original screenplay. Maybe. And again, it might be too far away for that too. Usually the big awards... I uh, you got to come out in November December if you have a you chance. About it. Yeah, you just forget about it's it. And, and that radar. to me that was the mistake because I actually think Rocket Man would have made an amazing November movie. It was good enough. Oh yeah. Um, I just think again it's just because people love Queen. If you're gonna give Rami Malek an award for best actor for his movie, why like Taron Egerton is when he didn't do a good, nearly as good as no, the job as Taron Egerton was better. So you. I just this is where again it's political. It's not yeah. Right? It's not it's not actually based on what's best, which is why I always like to separate the two of like this is who I think is going to win, but this yeah. is who I think it deserves it. Like if it's about of just deserving, I would say Taron Egerton should be nominated for best actor. He's one of the better performances I've it seen. Was Brad Pitt phenomenal. too. Like these are the people. He's also I put a young in. actor, so you know they don't. Sometimes they let people. Yeah marinate uh how many leonardo DiCaprio? what five nominations before he won amy adams still hasn't won yeah and then there's older actors like kenneth Branagh who still hasn't won <laughs> who's had like six nominations um so the last question comes from erica some of your halloween suggestions were too scary it seems like taylor doesn't have a fun bone in her body just fun kidding movie bone but she probably also doesn't think I have a fun bone Probably. in my body. Um, do you have any suggestions for fun comedies in November to recover from the month of October? Hey, Erica, I just watched Scary Movie 1 and 2, and it yeah. was a ton of fun. Yeah, so. I feel like people don't understand my sense of humor. Uh, no, and it's, it's I mean, it's, uh, it's hard, you know. It's hard to, on radio. <laughs> I'm podcasting for your sense of humor to come through. Um, I think I'm hilarious. Yeah, but. no, yeah, you, you. You do definitely have a fun movie bone in your body. The problem is, and I think we brought this up before, about re- right now, we keep seeing bad movies. Like it's not our yeah, fault if we don't suggest, like them. Yeah, I can't just like pull out a good funny movie yeah. out of my butt. Like I'm sorry. I'm and I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've streamed recently. Like I go back to the well when it comes to comedy because there's certain things that I just find funny. Like movies like Anchorman, um, yeah. anything Judd Apatow. I go back to that well because I really enjoy that type of mm-hmm. comedy i'm a huge situational comedy person so if a, so judd apatow is really good at setting up funny situations yeah. and that's what makes me laugh more than like here's a here's a punchline. um but yeah I, I think that november to me has always been a month kind of like december where you get into serious movie mode like to, to yeah. me like the the seasons are very much there it's like 
you October and September even is like I I do like scary movies. Yep. November December I kind of like serious or epic movies. Yeah. Like Star Drama. Wars comes out dramas things that are for like award season and that kind of takes me through January too. And then into February, it's kind of like crap. It's just garbage yeah. movies. And then summer blockbusters. And then summer blockbusters. Like, and that's kind of how it goes. So comedies for me are like February, March. I watch a lot of comedies. Because it's the middle of winter and you yeah. are, have yeah. seasonal depression and so you, want, you want to laugh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll probably have some good suggestions come then. But yeah, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything recently that I watched that was um... – oh, I rewatched Couples Retreat which is one of my favorite comedies. Yeah, you've mentioned it more than yeah, once. And yeah. I laugh every time because of my mother watches that movie yeah, every time I, it's on the movie network. I love that movie. I think <laughs> I just think it's so funny. Um, I think Vince Vaughn's very funny um, personally, so I think that that's probably why. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts for comedies. I like, like, um, like absurdist humor. Okay, like, yeah. That's why like I've mentioned sort of like sketch. I like sketch comedy yeah. and like i'm a fan of british comedy because it kind of has that yeah, like surreal aspect yeah, definitely and i'm i agree like i like kind of the like the golden 2000s comedy like like dodgeball oh dodgeball is so good was such a great movie um dicky roberts child star uh, oh yes with, yeah yeah <laughs> so like i i do like comedy it's just not my fault that they're not making good comedy i don't think i've seen a good original comedy in a while i saw good boys in the summer oh good boys right i still haven't seen that at the drive-in and loved it and i've talked about it more than once on the the show if you're looking for sort of um a a recent comedy a new comedy in the vein of the comedy of the 2000s that isn't you know, it isn't of offensive for the sake of being offensive, mm-hmm. but like does have those kind of like a couple gross out moments, which like, you know, that doesn't I'm a 15 year old boy at heart. Gross yeah. me out. Yeah. I'll laugh. Um, good Boys is a really good comedy. Yeah. Um, but they're just they don't make comedies like the last i feel like the last comedy that we saw this screening room was late night it was billed right. as a comedy yeah yeah late night and right. it was not funny no so like what am i supposed to i you know i can only do so much i can only work with what i got and yeah yeah and <laughs> i don't more, have a lot to work with the more i think of late night the more um you hate it hate it yeah because it's just it's not good it's just it's so not a comedy and it's so lazy it was just so lazily thrown together by someone who i do believe has talent and i don't like that yeah um but yeah i agree i, I think it's been now there's a couple netflix specials that are um stand-up comedies that i can recommend bo, yeah. bo burnham is someone he's who good. he's pretty good and he's kind of like a modern comedian and he's young and he wrote that movie eighth grade eighth grade um, which was critically acclaimed yeah and and uh he he's got his new stand-up on netflix that i watched not too long ago like it's been out for a couple months maybe but uh that that was very funny so that there's quite a few stand-up comedy things I that like i think are good the guy that did kid gorgeous what's his name he always wears suits oh um friends with john that. mulaney yeah John Mulaney's also very good. John Mulaney's stand-up. Yeah. And I There's also, three on Netflix, I think. That yeah. Been and he's doing, his next Netflix project is a children's variety hour show. That's funny. Um, And Ali Wong. Oh, yeah. Ali Wong. Yeah. She's, she's got a really special great. on there. Yeah. Um, um, Whitney Cummings. She's got a sp- new special up on there. Um, I think we talked about it once. 
on the show, but the robots. Oh, and does she? A coworker was telling me, does she? She bought a sex doll of herself. And of she herself, brings it and on she brings stage. it out on stage, and it's it's hilarious <laughs> and creepy and weird. But she's sort of making a point with it. That's she's also quite funny. I would say that's another one. Yeah, I just, yeah. Erica, I know you don't like me, so I'm never going to win with you, but uh, trust me, I do like comedy. <laughs> there just needs to be good comedies. That's the problem. There's just not enough good comedies out there right I now. I think, like, again, I don't, like, I feel like it's a, one of those things where, like, filmmakers are, they, like, it's a case of they think what the, they know what the audience wants when it's like, no, we, we just want Judd Apatow comedies from the 2000s <laughs> yeah and and frankly a lot of those without like without the r word like <laughs> yeah and a lot but a lot of those even still hold up like a lot oh, of them yeah. you, you know take the r word out of the the few that are in there and it like if you it were to changes see them, nothing if you were see if you were to see them on tv they would take out all the swears yeah. and all of the bad words anyway so um funny people is a Judd Apatow movie that like borderlines on the serious, but is still like funny. And I, I really enjoyed that movie. That's Adam Sandler. And he's basically like, he's a standard comedian who's dying of cancer and talks and like shows like the kind of how that affects this person 50, who's already 50 pretty unstable. 50, 50, very again, similar concept is like two friends trying to like make, and again, it's, they're funny, but they've got sort of heart to them as well. They just don't. Which is, I think why, again, it's, I disagree with the mentality of like, well, the world's changed, so comedy has to be changed. Sure, but I disagree with that's the reason why we don't have comedies now because I think Judd Apatow's movies were about the heart, and we don't have yeah. that anymore. The, the, there was no heart in Late Night. There was no. a surface university level of we care about the world, raw, raw, but that's meaningless, and you see through it when you look for depth. And it just was just selfish people. Being selfish. Yeah. But, but – then you get a Judd Apatow movie where, yes, some of these people may not say the things you want them to say, but at the core and at the heart, there's there's this. They might come off as jerks, but at the end of the day, they yeah. care about their friends. And, and there's they... something you grab to, onto them as an audience that makes you go, oh, I'm rooting for this person now. Another great comedy, Zoolander. Zoolander, great comedy. <laughs> Very great, great comedy. I I still think that the the – what did the walk off they do? Are they, yeah, the, with is, David Bowie. As yeah, the... yeah, <laughs> is is very and Billy Zane's there, and it's yeah. just is it is so funny. Yeah, because yeah. they treat it like a boxing match. Yeah, so they go into their corners after every walk off, and any um, John Candy movie. Yeah. is a good comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's not my fault they don't make good comedies anymore. There's what this one I movie say? I think I think it was called The Ladybugs, I think. Oh, but I don't it's know that it's one. I'm pretty sure it's John Candy and he plays like his he's divorced and his son is a soccer player and I can't remember why, but he has to coach this girl's soccer team for some reason. There's a reason why he has to coach this right. team. So he in order to win, he he gets his son to dress up as a girl to have her, him play in this soccer league. I've never heard of this movie. And it's funny because his son, like the, the, his son's like a teenager and starts to fall in love with one of the girls on the team. And it creates this whole issue. And like the son doesn't want to do it. And it's this whole big thing. But it is one, it is such a funny comedy because it, again, good heart. Again, it, and it dives into this father son relationship. And it actually, before it was a thing, talks about gender and talks about 
these types of things that happen, especially in sports yeah. and the equality of gender in sports. And this is like in the like 80s or 90s. This is like a very old movie, but I, it's a kid's movie. I remember watching it as a kid. Yeah, I, I'm 80s comedies are great. Yeah. There are things that would be considered off color today. Sure. But at least they took like they took risks, which people aren't willing to do now, which is part of the problem is I don't think people are willing to take any risks. And they especially like I even like I made this point about kids movies before kids movies used to be scary They're and nuanced dark. now that you don't have the same thing anymore because you're people are afraid that kids are going to be scared or triggered. Yeah. Or something. But I think people and kids are stronger than you think. I think there's a 1% of the population that's not strong, but that's what you have warnings for. And that's why you have shows like this, where we can talk to people about movies and have mm -hmm. a, some conversation around it. But people are too afraid to take risks. So people say, well, we can't say these things in comedy, so therefore we can't do anything. Why can't you come up with something new? Try something different in comedy mm -hmm. then and take a risk and see if it works. Like uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes, different. And Funny. I think the thing is like that those the makers of that movie are from New Zealand. I think you know sometimes we have to get comfortable going outside of North American yes. filmmakers. Yeah. Because you know the English are still making super funny movies. Yep. Um. Yeah, I just think Hollywood is broken. Yeah. Everyone knows my opinion on that. Hollywood is broken. So with that in mind, <laughs> let's review. Do you have any movie. more questions? Or was That's it. That was it. Erica okay. was the last one. Um, we're going to get jump into your review. Yeah. Hustlers. Hustlers. Tell us about so, this. So a little preface. I have been looking forward to Parasite because if memory serves, this is the director of like Old Boy mm -hmm. and a uh, very famous uh, South Korean director um, who makes um, – sort of very dark movies that have like that have comedy kind of structured into it yeah, but th they're yeah. very dark but he's very um acc acclaimed and this was a, a highly anticipated movie and i had all intentions of going to see parasite it's billed as like a comedy dramedy dra comedy drama so a dramedy. dramedy yeah um but knowing the director i'm like oh it's going to be more dark i would imagine <laughs> um yeah. it'll still be have funny elements but it'll be dark so i I had a tough week at work and I thought, you know, I really just want like a more like chill movie that like mm -hmm. maybe I can check out a little bit and like just have a good time. Um, I'll go with my my good friend Apparatchita and I'll, we'll just have a nice time. So I'm like, let's go see Hustlers. <laughs> because I thought this movie was kind of like, like I knew. So the premise of the movie is that there's strippers. Right. Um, who, and this isn't a spoiler. Um they essentially start conning their the the Johns or the men who go to like use their right. services yeah. as strippers. And I thought it would kind of be like um kind of like a fun like almost like caper like you know how like in Ocean's Eight mm -hmm. they're criminals and they're they're doing a, a yeah. crime but like yeah. you're having a good you're rooting for them. And, yeah. Well, it turned out the movie is actually um a little. Dark, darker than I thought. It's not really a comedy. It's more of a drama. Like it has like comedic elements. Yeah. But it's like definitely like a drama. There's one scene where the 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 main character Destiny. She was in um, Crazy Rich Asians. What's her name? Oh, Constance Wu. Yeah. So I I believe it's Constance Wu. I apologize if I'm misnaming her. Um. Uh, so Destiny um is 
you know, she's just had a child and she has to go back to stripping because she needs money. But the, the strip world has changed because of the economic crash in 2018 because of the recession. So where they used to be able to, you know, get a lot of money from um, these Wall Street guys, no one wants to spend money anymore. So like it's really changed the game. And um, like foreign strippers have come in and are willing to do much more sexual acts. Right. Um, so there's this one scene where... Um, she's recalling how, and the movie is set up that she's telling this story to Julia Stiles, who's an investigative journalist. So that's the framing device, um, which I don't think he really needed. But anyways, so she's telling the story about how she is in like the the VIP room with a client and he's trying to get her to do a, a sex act. And he says, you know, I'll give you $300 to do a sex act. Let's have some fun. He does a line of blow. She does a line of blow. And then you see her leave the the room and the voice over to Julia style says, when I left the club, I realized he had given me three twenties, not three one hundreds. So like, it's like in that, t- it's not a joke. It's to show that she's hit rock bottom, right? Mm. That like she was, she thought she was getting $300 for a sex act, but she did a sex act for 60. Yeah. Whereas in the past she didn't have to. And an old man in the audience laughed. It like, that wasn't a punchline, sir. Like that was like, this is like a, a movie about, women who are making really difficult choices right. that's like that's what the movie's about it's right about right right women who are put for various reasons have chosen to be strippers which no judgment i have absolutely no judgment about sex workers and i feel like the movie does a, an okay job in in showing the life of sex workers yeah um but essentially these women have are in really tough life circumstances and have to make really difficult choices in order to survive right right um and they turn to crime in order to like supplement their income because the world of stripping has changed after the recession right wow that's a pretty dark that's like an extremely dark premise like that's a i thought this was gonna be a girl like a girlfriend comedy like like you're of... right. That is way closer to like what Magic Mike yes. was than what like Showgirls is or that type of thing. Yes, and you see drug use, and you see like men exploiting women, and then you know the these men are exploiting women, and so they they say to like take back, you know, in order to take back our agency, we're gonna exploit them. You know, like that's Jeez. the and so. The, don't get me wrong. There are comedic elements. Sure, sure. Um, it is an ensemble cast, and the women have really great mm. chemistry. But, like, this was not... I thought it was going to be, you know, kind of like when they... I didn't see the remake of Ocean's 8, uh, eight yeah, with the, the women. Eight, so yeah, but yeah. I thought it would be the yes. same. No, I, I even from the previews, I, I was thinking it was going to be that similar tone of, like, kind of silly, kind of goofy, yeah. kind of like, oh, like, we're strippers, but we're doing these crimes, and, like, like no one knows. Like, yeah. And that's what the tone I got f- from it. So that's very interesting and, like, that it's different. the crime is, like, pretty severe Jeez. that they're perpetrating. Is, yeah. Like, and in, there's, like, when Julia Stiles, like... Constance Wu says, like, it really seems like you're hung up on this crime. And Julia Stiles is like, yeah. And, like, as an audience, like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like, a pretty severe – and it's based on a true story. Um, that That's not to say I didn't enjoy the movie. I definitely did, but it was not the movie I thought it was going in. So be prepared. This is more of a drama than it is a comedy. Um, and, like, it's definitely, like, morally gray. Like, yeah. they're not always – 
you're not always rooting for them because like the crime they're committing is very serious. Yeah. Not that you're like, I never emphasized with the Johns or whatever you like the clients. Cause I thought like they're not great guys to begin with, but like, it's definitely like gray. Um, I like movies like that, though, yeah. where there's a lot of nuance to characters and you're not necessarily sitting here being like, this is the good person. This is the bad. Like, I like those movies, too. But it's nice to have a movie where it's like, I don't really know who I'm rooting for. I'm just kind of watching this all happen. And it has a sad ending. Really? Like, it's like, well, like, there's like hope. Sure. But like, definitely but like the last frame is like side. Constance Wu, like crying, like yeah. broken down, yeah. like which is like not what you're thinking going into this movie. Again, it's it, similar to what I know was the feeling going in to Magic Mike, where people are like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get it's our gonna people together." Yeah, movie. it's gonna be a fun stripping movie, and like, look at these guys, and they're gonna strip. And then people, everyone who came out of it was like, "Well, that was." I was, that was like, sad. Yeah, I, was like <laughs> I remember seeing it in theater with my mom and my sister because mm-hmm. it was gonna be like a girls' night. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> how the the movie was yeah. always billed as a girls' and night. And then you're like. Oh yeah, and then people yeah, and I I never saw Magic Mike till much later. Like I didn't go yeah. see. I had no interest in seeing it, but I obviously like I love movies, so I'm always gonna eventually yeah. see it. And I remember watching, going like, this is not remotely what I expected no. this movie was going to be. And I it makes me wonder. I never saw Magic Mike two. No, I didn't either. Did uh, I but it makes me wonder if they like. I think it's di- like I I think I heard it was different shift. tonal. Like, definitely, they probably different, yeah. focused on like more yes. of the fun yes. stripping yeah. and less of like the drug abuse because like i'm pretty sure like oh there's doesn't someone become like seriously addicted to oh drugs for sure and, like steals Dr- the money drug abuse and and theft and like and it's about the industry of these male dancers and the they're trying tro- to get the trouble out. they get they're trying to get out they're yeah. not all in there because they want to be and that was like these women are essentially um they're trying to become like economically stable enough yeah. that they don't have to strip. See, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again is when I said they do like an okay job of of just of showing sex yeah. work. Not all sex workers feel like they need to, you know, like there are some sex workers who are doing it because they enjoy the work. Yeah, they don't they, feel they have to justify. And it. like, yeah. yeah, there's and and they don't lapse into crime in order right, to right, right, exactly, yeah. And like so, like so, you're showing a but you're showing specific people in a specific situation yeah. going through this. So it's yeah. like you know, even in that sense, you're obviously going to have characters and people who are different than that. But yeah. in this particular story, these women don't want to be here. They they feel they have to, and they're trying to do other things. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um. It also has, like, it's not, like, they did take some sort of, um, what I would say, like, risks in some of the the editing and some of the film elements. Like, there's one movie where there's, like, a dream sequence. Like, Constance Wu earlier in the movie describes a dream that a recurring nightmare she has. And then later in the film, something traumatic happens and it cuts to that, mm. that like, dream. Yeah. Um, so, to me, that's, like, that was... It worked really well, but that wasn't again. It wasn't something I was expecting to see. Right. It was more of a, like an exper not experimental, but definitely like a a risky movie take. Like it was more of an art house scene and like a blockbuster. And do you movie. feel like that was out of place with everything else you were seeing, or do you think it, they made it work and they fit made it in work? That? It was only unexpected because again, I thought I was right. seeing a blockbuster Jennifer yes. Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it seemed like it was like yeah, look, it's an early it's fall, a movie. just. Fun movie, but no, it's serious. It was like a serious. It's like again, uh, closest thing. I'm surprised. I haven't. So you had said it's being compared to Showgirls. Yeah, I'm surprised. 
Um, to me, I a I haven't seen those headlines, but tonally and everything else, no, I don't. No, think and it's Showgirls remotely, is a like, mess of a film. This sounds like it has a lot of direction. Showgirls and is like a B movie. Yes, yeah. Um, quite more popular now than when it came out. Yeah, like it's a fun movie. Yes. Like, Showgirls is a fun movie to watch. Showgirls is like the type of movie that if you if you're getting together with friends and you're you know you just wanted to have fun, yeah, pops and popcorn. Yeah, like that's the, I would throw on like Showgirls because it's it has a lot of moments where you would laugh and a lot of moments yeah. that are weird. But it sounds to me like Hustlers is like a serious movie that you sit there and you kind of come out going like, well, that was serious. I've, I've learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. About you know, at, uh, like never would I thought that the the recession would yeah. factor in as a plot point. I feel like the marketing of this movie was just terrible. Though. Again, like they just but it's still match it. it still has um a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. No, like no, a, I, like critically it's a it's a good film. People do like this movie. It's good. It's a good movie. It's just um, yeah, it's just odd that the, that this is so different than what I'm I just expecting. it was not even remotely like Wow. Yeah. So So what's your rating? What do you what do you it. you see it? Well, wow. but know that Hustles it's not it. know that it's not a comedy. There you go. And this like you know, probably if it had been what I thought it was, it would have been a stream it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is a like to me this is a serious movie tackling a serious subject matter. Yeah. Has comedic elements. Great ensemble cast. Some of and I Operation felt the same way. I don't know I don't know if I'm just like not good at listening anymore mm. or if like the audio wasn't great in the theater, but there were some lines that I couldn't hear. Really? And I don't know if that's, like, bad. And this is just, like, an aside. And, again, it's like when um that British actor tweeted recently, uh, theaters are much too loud these days. Is it just me? <laughs> Who was that? Um, About the Joker. He's in British Jones' diary. Uh, Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant tweeted, theaters are so loud is it just me <laughs> so this is my hugh grant moment yeah there were some lines that i couldn't make out that like weren't supposed like the audience was supposed to hear them right and i'm like is this bad sound mixing was this bad audio on the count of the theater or am i just like a lazy listener now right i don't right, know right because dan and i watch everything on netflix with subtitles now like no matter from jeopardy to schitt's creek to a movie we're watching we always have the subtitles on now yeah. so i don't know if i'm just like not like i rely too much now on the sub. i don't know yeah. i don't know but there was some moments and right in if you guys are having the same problem yeah because i found there was i don't and it, a lot of my friends also watch all of their streaming materials with subtitles um so tell let me know is this a problem you guys are having that when you're not watching things with subtitles that you're missing audio i will say that i have i definitely crank the volume at home when i'm watching it like streaming yeah. anything and watching anything and that might be for a similar reason of like i'm you're just overcompensating it, yeah for, for for not being able yeah. and and sometimes like when music hits or, or an action thing happens i have to quickly turn it down because suddenly yeah. it's so loud but definitely during dialogue i have noticed that are we just things. elderly and losing our maybe hearing? i maybe. don't know but i'd love to hear people's comments are you subtitle user yeah or not? subtitle user or not let us know and if you've seen hustlers i'd like to know if anyone and what else you thought. yeah what your opinions were because taylor's giving it a see it which surprises me i didn't know you'd come in here with with that type again hey, this is so hey, different 
I, didn't, I thought I was going to go see Parasite. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I too am surprised that I saw Hustlers and it's a see it. Um, so we do have uh, one headline to get to. So uh, we'll get to that next. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. Star Wars Setback. Game of Thrones duo David Benioff and D.B. Weiss exit trilogy. Not a great plan. Yeah, I uh, heard about this news uh, on the weekend that they are now gone um, out. They're they're out. They're they're gone. They're not doing their trilogy now. For people who um, were not sure what's going on with Star Wars, basically the Skywalker. I don't know what it would be. Nine movies. <laughs> what's a nine movie? It's not a trilogy. It's a quadrilogy. Yeah. I don't know. So was- There's nine movies that that they were doing. That's coming to an end this year. So for people who know that, like th- this n- next movie we're seeing was the Skywalker sort of storyline coming yeah. to an end. This is the and they were to usher in the post Skywalker era with a with a 2022 new start story that would stake out a new frontier for the era defining cinema brand created by George Lucas. And they were originally tied to a trilogy, a three story mm-hmm. arc. Yes. This is post Skywalker. Um it what made the news um because uh well it's a it's a big story Mm -hmm. development within the star wars universe absolutely but also this came at a time when uh, game of thrones was just wrapping up and it was so horrible yes (laughs) and the other thing that's interesting to note is that this is one of two trilogies currently being planned because ryan johnson who directed the last jedi was also given his own star wars trilogy so there was two trilogies planned but different and now it seems like they're pulling back a bit, and I also read somewhere that that Disney is taking some time on Star Wars. Like once um, Disney Plus gets launched, they've got the Mandalorian TV show, and they're planning another TV show and with like Ewan McGregor and, and cartoons. They're going to stick with that for at least a couple of years, which I think is actually probably a good idea. But it is interesting to me that this news came out when it did, after all the backlash that came out of Game of Thrones, after these two, you know, Benioff and Weiss also signed a big Netflix deal? Yes. So, well, two things. A, we could have a whole episode dedicated just to what's going to happen next in Star Wars. Yes. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but the article that I got, like, detailed all of the Star Wars We're going stories. to have this episode. I'm, we're doing this in December. It's going to be okay. one of our pre-record holiday stuff. Right. We're for sure doing a Star um, Wars episode. So that's A. Yeah. The, the fact that, like, don't lose sleep over your Star Wars content You're gonna because yeah, there's there's tons and a variety of stuff. Two, this article mentions that, you know, um, there was a lot of hearsay, whatever, whatever. But the the bottom line is that um, the the duo um, ha- in August broke the news that the, the duo has signed a nine-figure deal with Netflix. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, 
Um, that commitment was the one that brought about the end of, uh, Oh. Yeah, that that they're citing that it's this Netflix deal. They cited that, that yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, what happens in PR, they pick one. I mean, there may have been a variety of reasons, but I'm essentially sure. they're cracking it up to this is a scheduling conflict. We need to focus yeah. on our Netflix and, project. And I heard a direct quote from one of them saying, like, there's only so many hours in a yeah. day when it comes to dedication things. And I, and I, I yeah, I, I think it's probably more than that like i'm sure there's more reasons i'm sure that's just what they're picking as like this is the thing we're gonna say i can't even visualize nine figures what is that so a hundred that what's nine figures is that not a billion how many so nine figures means like that's nine yes is that a million is that a million is nine figures a million is no that's seven figures is a million yeah but that can't they can't get like a billion dollar deal can they we need to like write we need to out, write out what, like what nine, nine figures is because I think all our our viewers are like these people are dumb. Yeah, we are they've dumb. all they've all like figured it out. Already. We are we are idiots. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what, we're gonna do it though. This is what we do. What, what does nine what billion is nine figures salary uh, means a hundred million dollars. So so nine figures. So that so they're somewhere in the hundred million dollar range. So it could be like five hundred million dollars or three hundred million dollars. That blows like i can't when when numbers get that big i can't even conceive well to to put it into some thought so yeah so like even the best actors right now we're not never making nine figures because like robert downey jr made 10 million dollars a movie and then up to 17 million dollars a movie for like avengers movies and he was one of the highest paid actors and so that's 17 million versus a hundred million but like it's in the in the hundreds yeah so it's so it could be it could it could be 900 million dollars between the two of them yeah which sounds it's two people right yeah even a hundred million dollars split between two people is a lot of money pay us give us money wow um so is this not a great plan Uh, with the news of how horrible game of thrones was um it may very well be a good plan that they've left um, the franchise. Yeah. Um, I mean, I again, I don't know anything about Star Wars. I can't weigh in. Are the star? Will the Star Wars fans be happy or sad? Hard to say. There is Probably overlap. Next. There's overlap between Game of Thrones fans and yep. Star Wars fans, of course. Yeah. Um. So there's going to be some people who are happy, some people are pissed. Um. Again, I would say this isn't bad bad news because you're not. It's not like this is the end of Star Wars as we know it. The headline says this is a Star Wars setback. I don't even I don't see this as a Star Wars setback. I, I think there's that, so many slated projects that you're not even yeah, gonna miss. not at all. This isn't gonna be on your radar. That's the thing about Disney is I think they're 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 actually in great a great position because the the final movie like Star Wars Episode Nine is gonna come out in December. In November they're launching their streaming service with The Mandalorian. They're gonna do an Ewan McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi TV show next year. So for the next two years. Like in 2019 and 2020, no worries. Yeah. You've got lots of Star Wars content. Moving forward, I, I actually thought like 2022 was a little early. I'd like to see another Star Wars movie in like 2025. Give us a, a five-year gap 
And, you know, these movies were supposed to be generational. Every generation gets their Star Wars story. Like, that's what you had one in the 90s. You had one in, like, 2009 or 10 or, like, 12 and whenever it came out. I don't think we should get another one until 2020-whatever. Like, it should be some time before we get another one. I'm not an old fogey when it comes to streaming. I like the democratization of media that streaming has led to. But the one down – there's a couple downsides to streaming. But one of them is this demand for content. Yeah. Whereas in the past, you know, we would wait – five ten yeah. years yeah. between yeah. franchise films or yeah. what have you um i think things maybe changed a little bit with harry potter yes. in a way because yeah. it was you know eight books and they wanted to release a book every year but sometimes they did take a little bit of time yeah but i think now that we're on to this streaming model where you know um we're used to we finish you know we binge one season of something and then within six months or less than six yeah. months we're already getting the next installment well you're getting like this stranger things four is already starting to yeah. film or something and it's like wow it's we just got real, three it's this demand for content yeah. which in my mind sacrifices quality i agree we're getting quantity over quality yeah. essentially um the content is driving like the need for content is the drive now as opposed yeah. to good Story. storytelling and, and creating good And we saw art. that with It too. Yeah. I that agree. that movie went into production the second movie went into production what like it seems like months. Oh, it, almost instantaneously yeah. after the first one was a success. Like the minute they saw it was so successful, they went we got to do another one. So, um I agree with you, you know, waiting a little bit longer for Star Wars probably would have been the best plan, I agree. but that's not going to be the case, nope. especially now that Disney's <laughs> going to have its own streaming. You're going to be inundated with Star Wars yeah. content to the point where I feel like it's going to be too much of a good thing. And that's the thing, you and don't it, need it, this it, much de- Star Wars. it devalues it. If you just get Star Wars as that special thing every 10 years, it gives it a or special fi- meaning. Or, or 5 to whatever. I don't care. But to have yeah. it like within every yeah. every six months, you're gonna have a new yeah. Star Wars thing. You're not gonna be able to keep track. No, you're gonna lose interest. Who cares? And it's 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 the smart thing, even that Marvel has done to take a tiny break. It's not that long. Like we get Black Widow next year, but there was not a Marvel movie that came out this fall. They they decided, nope, we're gonna get, we're gonna wait till next, I think May, and and then we're gonna show you another one. Like they're gonna they're giving you some time, and I think a reset is important because people need to. You have to build Forget anticipation. It and build anticipation. You exactly. need to build anticipation. I haven't had the feeling like I had when I was younger when like, oh, I just saw a um, a Harry Potter movie or I saw the Lord of the Rings movie and I have to wait two years for the next yeah. one. And I – even though that is annoying in some capacities, I haven't had that feeling in a long time of it coming out of a movie being like, oh, wow, yes. To go to the theater. Yeah. We, we're losing event movies because there's too many of them. Yeah, and they happen to back to back to back. Yeah. And you know, and you know what, what we get less of then because of that, what? good comedy. Exactly, good comedies. <laughs> there you go, Erica. <laughs> we're we're voting for good comedies. Well, there you go, everybody. Thank you for uh, for listening this week again. Just a quick reminder that it is the CFRC funding drive all week until November 9th. You can donate to CFRC by going to cfrc.ca. Click the Donate Now button. There are two options to donate, um, one through Queen's University for those who want a tax receipt and one through a GoFundMe page, which has some great prizes. There's actually a daily draw every day. So uh, tune in to CFRC to find out what the draw is, but it's a different prize every day. They've got prize packages from McKinnon's Brewery, which includes swag and beer and discount things. Local brewery. 
there the Improbable Escapes is giving away a gift card. Um, lots of cool shops downtown are giving away stuff. Why so there's lots happening. One of these sick. CFRC sweaters uh, you, that I've been asking about for a year. Like well, a year and a half. we can get you a sweater. I mean, we'll have to <laughs> – for you, we can get you a sweater. For someone else, make a big donation. We'll give you a sweater. Um, but for you, Taylor, we'll find you a sweater. Right. We'll, we'll find you a sweater. Sounds good. Uh, but thank you again, everyone, for for listening. And don't, uh, don't forget to look out for extra content through our uh, podcast uh, all week. Go see some movies. <laughs>